You're now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. We are live. It's Chris Denman solo today. I'll tell you about my guest in just a second. Real quick, got to tell you about Barrel Beard and Tattoo Oil. Great sponsor of ours, local product made and distilled in whiskey barrels right here in St. Louis. I've got it in my beard today, and boy, is it fantastic. That's right, Barrel Beard and Tattoo Oil brought to you and created by Jeremy Allen Stanton, partner, friend of the show, Great dude, U.S. Air Force veteran, Jeremy Allen Stanton. Look out for more of his products coming out. That's BarrelBeardAndTattoo.com. One more plug. That's for Neovitin, multivitamin. That's for you and yours. They've even got the 50-plus. So if you're listening, you're over 50. You have parents, friends, relatives over 50. Be sure to subscribe at Neovitin.com and use the code L-I-V-E when you check out. That'll save you some money at checkout. Helps us track who is going where. That's Neovitin, also Barrel Beard and Tattoo Oil. All other sponsors, big thanks to everybody. And uh, proud to bring another uh, great, talented individual in today. It's Matt Wayman stopping by. What's up, Matt? How are you? Thank you for having me out. Uh, those were very professional it, ad uh, Yeah, wasn't those were it? fun. Yeah. You got you to gotta walk through it, and you can't sound like... You, you can't go like super strict radio on that. Like it's podcast. Like let's yeah. talk about it a little bit. You believed in them. A lot of people they'll do the ads and you're like, do, this, do they actually like that stuff? Right, right. So you've got like a super healthy like 28 year old guy like talking about like how he takes like anti diarrheal <laughs> yeah. medication. You're like, I don't know that you're doing this I take regularly. the 50 plus because it keeps me solid. Yeah, like, exactly. What? No, man. You, I actually, I've got the barrel in my uh, looks beard. Great. beard looks fantastic. Feeling energetic. Yeah. Right? I, I got a haircut too. It accentuates look, the beard. That's great. I did it for you, buddy. Oh, I appreciate it. I got to up the handsome when Matt Wayman's around. I just around. found a barber, so I hope we both Did die you? on the same day. Okay, so, yeah. where'd you uh, where'd you go? Where are you going? I go down a notch now, down in the Grove. Okay, this guy named Micah down there. He's there really that good. seems to be a popular place. Yeah, yeah. I've been. Uh, man, I go to the uh, the one that all the cool kids go mm-hmm. to. Union. Union. I I go there every whenever. Like he's getting a little pricey. He's like forty five bucks now. Yeah. So whenever I don't want to go crazy, I go down to Union. I really like them too. That is expensive. It's that, really expensive. Yeah, but. Good for him that he can do it. The yeah. union too, they they're just so busy. Yeah, it's crazy to get a walk in there. Like you can go in now, and like their walk-ins used to not be set up as good, mm-hmm. but now they're set up a little bit better. Where you can go in, and they'll be like, come back in an hour, and then you come back in an hour, and they'll hook you up with a beer or whatever they're doing. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a smart move. I think we're moving. And by the way, good haircut talk to start yeah. the podcast. Love right haircut talk. Guys don't talk about haircuts enough. It's not, and it's a thing that I look forward to. Mm-hmm. I've got hair that's like straight, and if I let it like. If I grow out my hair, like I've had it longer, mm-hmm. not like, you know, mid back or anything, but it's a good, like, I look like a Fisher Price head yeah. for a while. I've got the brown hair thing going. You, it seems like you have good hair. It's laying in a good it's, spot. But it goes, you know, it yeah. goes out. And I just moved from Colorado, which is like man bun city. Oh, you know, it's like a lot of I'm, male ponytails. Did you, ever, did you ever do the male ponytail? I did. I never did the ponytail, but I had my hair long in college when I still thought I had it. You know yeah. what I mean? Remember, you could you like you have cool. the confidence to be able to rock <laughs> the did. long hair. I did. I would, uh, I grew a beard out and like had the longest hair I've ever had. And I was. Uh, my peak 
cool guy, hipster, long hair, beard thing going mm-hmm. on. I was mistaken. Are you familiar with the band Every Time I Die? No. Okay, but, hardcore, like, metal band. Like, what? Yeah. Like, fun metal band, not, like, uh, butt rock metal band, yeah. right? Like, I, they could play with, like, a hipster rock band. Like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, yeah, whatever. Yeah, get it. A little screamy, but some cool guitars. They have a pretty famous dude who's, like, a big jacked guy. I and love he's jacked like guys in metal bands. Yeah, That's he's my like favorite. Wearing the basketball jersey, yeah. like, rocking it out. <laughs> And he's got a big beard and long hair. I was mistaken for him by some drugged out kid, Whoa. and uh, and I I did. I'll give it. To, I had on a flannel shirt, and I was tall and thick enough. But like even standing next to the guy, I'm like, we're built totally different. Yeah. But I was mistaken for a guitar player in a metal band, right? I know. That's good peak. I love that mid long hairish thing yeah. going on. So all right, so let's talk hair. Let's talk everything else. But Matt Wayman, I was just on Words with Wayman. Great time. You got a great concept for the podcast. Be sure to check it that was out. the first one. Throw him a review. <laughs> what? The first one ever? Yeah, give me a review. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't have any reviews. Yeah, give like, him more. First podcast idea. And I started it because like, I like talking to creatives about how they create. And there's yeah. like a bunch of other podcasts about that. But it's like... It's what you're good at. Yeah, podcasts are... You know, we've talked about this kind of uh, masturbatory in a way. Sure. Uh, for anybody. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk to these creatives about how they create and how they balance work and life. And that's why I started that. Well, and it's, it is. It's a good interest, but you're a, a smart guy. You're in law school. You do stand up comedy, and a podcast is just a natural yeah. progression to that too. And especially, you build up a little following. If anything, maybe you get five more people to come out to a show and see you somewhere. Yeah. I always look at things like that. And I kind of like. I, I mean, I guess in some senses, I kind of use it as an advertising or like promotional tool a little bit, but more so now, it's just kind of like a way to produce content and just to put more stuff out there. Right? You're married. You have a family. Yeah, married, kid. kid. So you got to keep and law school. Law too. school's really hard to produce content. So now I switch it up and like I'll do other things. Like I'll do like the zine, which we do. The zine is on. Yeah, St. I Louis saw you starting that up. Tell me about it. I used yeah. to. Produces zine, a print zine in Denver, which is like it's cool for ma- short for magazine. Yeah, short for magazine. Like it's you know it comes from like the punk rock days. Like a lot yep. of punk rock bands used to create zines, which is basically a way to put content out there that isn't that used to not just be music or like they used to have like friends that would do art. So like you can put art in the zine or recipes. This is a way that comedians who are just creatives in general can put some of their other content out there that's not stand-up comedy or improv comedy. Very cool. So are they writing funny stories? Recipes, what, I mean, what it doesn't it? even necessarily have to be funny. I think that's a thing that a lot of people think, uh, like everything that comedians write or everything that they write has to be, or produce has to be funny. And a lot of short stories and stuff like that that I write aren't funny. So yeah. it's just a creative it's outlet. a creative really. outlet. Yeah. I'm, uh, so this is... It's funny because we teeter on this, so we're both involved creatively in a lot of stuff, but I like other stuff that like the people that I would go see like an independent comedy show would like maybe scoff at. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cover the UFC all weekend oh, as cool. a like true blue uh, credentialed media That's member, awesome. which is funny too because we're 25 years into mixed martial arts like being yeah. a thing, and, uh, and I'll probably be, and this is the same, so I work for a small radio station. I'm thinking I might be from the largest media outlet there. That's There's funny. a major event. William Morris Endeavors. It's a real owns UFC. UFC event. Yeah. Big deal. I bet no one from the Post is there. Really? I know it. Benjamin they Hockman. They want to see the punch fight with the yeah, boys? The, yeah, I get that. You have St. Louis people fighting on yeah. it and everything, too. But it, it's it's weird because that's something that I've been wanting to scratch. Mm-hmm. That's an itch I've been my wanting to go going. after, too. Is he really? Yeah, him and my little brother are super into it. Oh, I would go fantastic. if I wasn't working. Yeah, I think it'll be a cool thing. It's for, I mean, Bellator's been here. I know uh, some of the guys fighting. There's a guy from my hometown on the card. So it's a cool event. Yeah. I think it'll be neat. But that, to my point, I guess, 
it's just you have to go after those things that are going to satisfy like what otherwise what are we doing right how cool is that to be able to like use this creative outlet that you do which is podcast and be able to take it over to like ufc and just be able to cover it a little for bit. sure that's yeah. really fun and even like our radio show every morning which is technically what gets you the credential mm-hmm. like it's all rooted in like i want to talk to comics and bs for a living yeah right <laughs> i mean my goal with it, it was like yeah with my podcast was just like to put content out there to talk to people and like there's like i couldn't just call a painter up and be like hey you want to go get coffee they'd be like who's this creep <laughs> But if right. you hit them up, and you're like, "Hey, you want to come do the podcast?" They're like, "Yeah," because it's kind of like a it's a self serving thing in general, but it also helps the other person out too because it kind of gets their name out there for sure. And then there's a and I can't remember if we talked about this on yours or not. Who cares? But uh, there's an art to being interviewed too. Mm-hmm. It's weird. You seem super comfortable with it, and like I think I portray comfortable, but like on the inside, it's weird. Unless you've just knocked out a bunch recently, if you go and you're a guest on someone else's, when you're in that mode of hosting, like I get up in my head, like, am I leading the conversation yeah, too much? Am I? Am I? Because I'm interested too, yeah. and it's like you're an interesting guy. Like I want to ask you questions, but hey, dummy, you're the guest. It's like, a skill. Yeah, being yeah. interviewed is definitely a lot different because an interview, and you're always thinking about the next question. I feel like for yeah, and that's where people can kind of get in trouble too, where you're not really. And that's why podcasting is better than radio, I think, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. what I like, because you can marinate on things and then that'll yeah, turn into five other ideas. It doesn't ideas. matter really anyway. In the end, it's so like, true. There's like one question I was, there's two questions I always ask on mine that I really want to get to anything. It's just like, how do you write? And then five years from now, what do you want to be in your life? And those are the only two questions I really even care about asking. Yeah. Every time. And everything in between, you're good enough. You're going to pull out interesting stuff too. You should listen. That's the biggest question. <laughs> so true. I, uh, I talked to Preacher Lawson, who's the at helium this weekend a guy who was on america's got talent nice and you could tell he's a high energy guy but you could tell he was maybe used to more like i gotta come in and be loud and funny guy and be into it say some things like move it really fast and like my favorite part was like watching him tucker out like to get to like here we go now we're talking now we're now we're hanging out and it wasn't yeah it was now you're really entertaining. Like you felt it, where I was like, "Dude, you don't have to dance, man. It's cool. We're talking. It's good. Comments Let's are chat. always on, though. A lot of the time, got him. Yeah, and they're they're fighting against that Especially too. Especially like morning radio or like morning TV, when like you have to kind of bring the energy a little you bit. Absolutely, and they're and they won't have you back if you didn't no. bring it up because they're not necessarily people who are part of your world mm-hmm. too. They're like, uh, I want you to get Jan in South County interested yeah. in my show, pal. So yeah. I get it completely, but. So what? Uh, how long have you been doing stand-up? Um, I started when I was 21. I'm 29 now, so like eight years, eight, nine years. You're plugging away, man. And you have been you started in Columbia. Started in Columbia. I did my first show. The show's still running. It's at Eastside Tavern when I was going to Mizzou, which is funny because we talked about that in mind. We know a lot of the same people from college. Yeah. Uh, but then I moved down to New Orleans, and that's when I pretty much say like I really started getting, getting up. Getting into it. You know, getting up four or five times a night or a week. Um, yeah. Trying to get up every night and then like doing more showcases. And How like long that. were you in New Orleans? Me and my wife uh, moved down there for three years, and we were living down there for three years right after college. Uh, Young folks, such an awesome place to be in New Orleans. Could you live there as a as a real adult? 
No, you're a real adult I now. You can't raise. I mean, I wouldn't ever raise a child in New Orleans. Yeah. Either like the only way to do it is like if you have really old money, but just like the class dynamics down there still are kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so I think you would. I think you'd have a really super cool kid, but I think that they wouldn't realize that stuff is different in other places in the world. That would be really because it's like I haven't like met this country. Too many people that grew up in New Orleans. If I think about it, they all get really. it. But it's yeah. just like New Orleans is so different from every other place in the country that like a lot of things don't translate because mm-hmm. like. There's like millionaires living across the street from the poorest to the poor. Yeah. So they get along with each other and they're really cordial. But it's in like other cities, it's not like that, really. Yeah. It's an odd sense. Mm-hmm. You don't even see that. Like Lafayette Square is a good example here. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I, I think it's Del Mar, I think there's too much separation. Mm-hmm. And with Lafayette Square, you're like kind of on top of each other. Like, I, and I don't see them mingling. Webster, where I grew up, yeah. Webster Groves is still like almost like segregated by the train tracks. Is it? Uh-huh. How is that? Like, that is a thing. There are tracks that well, separate. St. Louis and New Orleans are super similar cities. Feels I like mean, you're, yeah, even just the look of it, the dirtiness. The look, you're yeah, right. Yeah. And then super I guess French Catholic, influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge French influence. You'll see the Fleur de Lis a lot here. In, mm-hmm. Will in New Orleans, so like very similar cities, but couldn't be more different in a lot of ways too. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Yeah, you think about that too. It, isn't that weird? We, when I drive through Memphis, I'm like, oh, this feels like like a, a section of St. Louis. Uh-huh. Yeah, same with New Orleans and a lot of different places. But okay, so you went to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You've also lived in Denver. Denver. We moved after New Orleans. My mom had went to college in New Orleans, so we were always attracted to the city. My wife's cousin was living down there at the time, so we knew people. Our friends were living down there at the time. And then after three or four years, everybody's kind of moving around a little bit, and we yeah. wanted to move around too, so we moved to Denver. Like the year before weed got legalized out there. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's like, and when this it was is a weird, cheap still. Yeah. <laughs> when it was Jesus. like still like on the underground Affordable. Side. Yeah, and that you know what's funny? I'm going to draw a parallel to uh, Benjamin Hockman. I mentioned him earlier. He's mm-hmm. a columnist for the Post-Dispatch, covers the Cardinals, all that good stuff. He's on our radio show all the time. He graduated from Mizzou from the J School, moved to New Orleans, worked for the paper there, and then worked in Denver at the paper there, too, and then now has come back to St. Louis. We're the same person. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Right. You're a short Jewish dude from Clayton. A lot of people don't know, but... I just like unzip my face. Yeah, like, he hello, it's Hockman. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's weird. That's cool. I'm surprised that I've never like crossed paths. And um, but they're two great cities to live in. Yeah, like, for sure. Times. Best parts about living in Denver. What what did, what did you enjoy there? Just uh, the, even, the people. Yeah. I think like the craft beer and stuff was really cool. The stand up comedy scene couldn't be better. Super it's a collaborative. Killer scene there. Mm-hmm. Like I always think Joey Diaz because he was there for mm-hmm. a long time. But there, there's a lot more than just Joey Diaz. Yeah, Josh there. Blue. He was on Last Comic Standing. Very funny I think guy. I've interviewed so, like, him, man. He's good. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, super yeah. normal, cool dude. Yeah. Uh, those who can't. Those guys. So three headliners: Ben Roy, uh, Andrew Overdahl, mm-hmm. and Adam Caton Holland. So yeah. they're probably the biggest right now. Yeah, coming up. But you have a city that like T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller's from there. Huge yeah. one too. He. So what? Since you brought him up, I've heard he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. I've heard super nice. Heard he's a great guy. He just he had got some flack for like some stuff that he did in college. Yeah, and he. But here's what's weird about that too, and we don't have to go super deep into the mm-hmm. whole movement, but he denies that completely. Yeah, he absolutely. says this is a lying person who I've dealt with. Like where? And I get it. It's a time to sit back, listen, maybe not worry. Like let's throw a few people aside. But like, what if that costs him his career? Yeah, like, it, that's absolutely pretty could. messed up to think about. And his marriage. Thank God, his wife's on his side, and I mm-hmm. hope. That we're just dealing with like a weird issue because I would rather someone lie about him doing that than mm-hmm. him like 
like whatever. But yeah, seems like a great. I've been told great dude. But I've always thought he's a really nice guy. I think yeah. this one might be a little bit more convoluted than some of the other ones that are like a pattern of behavior based right. off of several several years. This might be one incident or one isolated incident. That being said, you know, people are different from they were in college. That's um, a good point. He could be a monster, too. I don't really know. <laughs> we know? don't like, know. There's people yeah. that, like, there's comics that I'll hang out with a bunch of times and it'll come out later that they're a monster. And you're like, well, I was a dude. I have no clue. They totally could be nice to me. Bags. Yeah, that's a good so point. So I, you know, kill your idols, I guess. Is there you go. <laughs> Let's end on that note. No, it's, uh, so, so hanging out in Denver and then doing stand-up there, you actually booked quite a bit there, too, Yeah, right? we were doing like a couple weekly shows, so I had like, um, I got involved with this theater called Voodoo Comedy Playhouse really early, and me and three other guys started like a little crew called The Agency, and we were booking a bunch of shows and doing mics and, um, you know, producing a bunch of video content. Well, that's that's awesome. And it, again, just finding creative outlets. Where is St. Louis at in regards to to Denver? So you, yeah. obviously, Denver. I mean, how far ahead? Quite a bit ahead. I, mean, I think there's the same level of like comedians. Like mm-hmm. when you like people go up, it's just like how many comedians a city has. Yeah, so, like, and we've the, talked about yeah. that. But it's it's Top good 10% to share. Ten funny. So there's just like less comics doing video stuff here. Yeah. than there are in Denver. Not to say that it's better content in Denver or worse than it is here. I, yeah, I would say that too. Like the people. People that you see succeeding here, like I see them outshine out of towners all the time. It's, it's not necessarily like you're bad because you're from St. Louis or something. No. I think there's that, but I do like that point you make. That's like, hey, you have to. It's not just about the cream rising to the top. It's like there needs to be a bunch of cream, right? Yeah, you have to work really hard regardless of what you're doing. The cool part is you can do what you want anywhere now. So yeah. you can like. If you want, you can be a national tour and headliner out of Missouri or out of St. Louis if you play your cards right and figure out a way to make it happen for yourself. So yeah. that's the cool part. But like the downside of it all is you have to travel more. Yeah. So, okay. So you're unique as in you're going into law. So what do you want to study? So I know you've told me this, but what are you uh, wanting to get into once you finish law school? So law school, uh, the the area I'll probably be practicing would be like personal injury, social security, disability. And then I want to do like my pro bono work in like landlord tenant issues, which is a huge problem in St. Louis along with a lot of other cities. Massive. Uh Yeah. So what is... So what is uh, what happens to the creative side of things? Which I mean, you're going to put all this work mm-hmm. into law school. I mean, there's a big, that was a huge history book. So basically, yeah. like history is, is, is or law is history that you can make money off of. Is the yeah. way I look at it. That's a good uh, way to put it. And that's that's a problem with a lot of people that go after endeavors. Like you don't think about, oh, can I pay rent off this? Like can I've I buy a house? Comedy. I'll always do comedy. Comedy will always be there regardless. So I say, if you can quit comedy, stop doing comedy because I've never had. I will never have the option to even quit because I can't. Yeah. So it'll <laughs> You're always have to be doing, there. But you'll be doing it at the partner parties. Right? Oh God, I hope not. Though I'll make him pay me. Um, yeah. Yeah. it'll be like one of those things where uh, it'll always be there and, ha- and I have to do it but it's like am I realistically going to make the money that I need and want to r- live comfortably and raise a family off of comedy and I just didn't see it happening that and th- and that's something too where it, it doesn't have to go away either like you said it, you could still no. end up you could write a TV show you could yeah. have whatever but uh, the the people I don't know I guess it requires a certain amount of selfishness no matter what line of work you're in but mm-hmm. creative especially i don't 
I don't care for people putting kids and families through crappy situations. Yeah, just for like be, the glorified like, grind, which is stupid. Thank you for. I, I'm people glad you agree with me. I didn't want to insult gross. anybody at all, but like that just like that's just because you're the cool mom who like played in a band till oh, she was God. 40 or something, or a dad that's out. Uh, I did it for 10 do, years. I waited tables yeah. for 10 years. I see the people that are older than I am waiting tables, and it's a sad existence. Yeah, it's not fun because no when you're, health insurance, no life like when you're 53 not, like trying to figure yeah. out like oh, i don't know should Public i get cable this year and then they're yeah. paying your kid all your kids are paying for all of their college and not you know coming out with crazy amounts of debt mm-hmm. i mean that's just like i don't know you're just bad at promotion as a parent <laughs> exactly. you gotta find out a way to make some money off these things that are quote-unquote hobbies you ab- no absolutely or do something else Great point. No one to quit. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, I've been doing comedy for ten years, or almost ten years. I always said I'd never judge myself until ten years. I think I probably took a little bit of a preemptive step in judging myself and being like, realistically, you're a smart guy. A lot of like, we're on the same page. Of like, I can look at myself from the outside and judge how funny I am compared to other people, and kind of just like look where I think that I should be at. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people like they're the best comic in their own head and like actually think that they're they should be famous. And I just don't agree with some of that. How do you? <laughs> I, I mean, that's a great way to put it. How do you define that? Though? Like, that's what I'm totally on the same page as you. Uh, I can't remember. Did you do a comedy competition uh, at uh, that the guy from New Jersey puts on? Yeah. Okay. I think I like. I remember seeing Make you there. You're funny. Ugh. Yeah. But and that's the thing. So in my position, like whatever, I get why people ask me to judge these things because uh-huh. I'll talk about it. Did you judge that one? I was a judge oh, cool. for that one. I was one of them. Yeah, and I thought you were funny. And I remembered you from doing something at uh, Funny Bone, maybe opening mm-hmm. for another person. Either way, uh, I know for a fact there are a few comics that for sure did not do as good as you, and for sure didn't do as good as the people who won or the person who won. Nathan Orton won that. I think Nathan Orton won that. I find him to be pretty damn funny. He's super funny. And Reggie totally won that. Reggie, Hands you thought out. so? Oh, yeah. yeah, you thought I so. Do. I thought Red. They both they both won night one, and night two of our roast tournament. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of respect for both of them yeah. too. So I uh, I for sure there were a few comics that were like mad, and I was like, did you see yourself? Like like pissed, like yeah. pissed, pissed, pissed. I blew it on the second round. I know that because I, I was like, I'm what. not even going to make it. I was like. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the second round, so I just did my best jokes in the first round, and then the That's second round I just didn't tough. have enough meat on the bone. Right. So I knew what I did. I well, it, <laughs> and they would have beat me anyway because they're just funnier guys. You I think mean, so? I mean, I think their jokes are more well written and more concise and get bigger laughs at certain points than mine. Sure. Yeah. Which I mean, that's fine. a way to look at. Yeah. It's comedy. Absolutely. This is a fun thing that I yeah, enjoy to do. I, but I do wonder, like, whether it's uh, and it's radio comedy or sports or whatever. Mm. Like, you'll see people like go out and play in a like a pickup basketball game, get totally worked over, like mm-hmm. look like they've never, and they're like, man, if I just would have, I'm like, what are you saying? Like, yeah. And that's the same goes for comedy too, where you Comedy do that, but contests are a complete beast in their own and they're complete garbage. I agree. Um, I agree. Like it, I like the thought of it where it's like, oh, okay. And you need people that you need people to get mad if they yeah. suck. Right. Like I get it. Like they should want to win it, but you're exactly right. It's really super tough to execute. And it's like, what do you mean? I'm gonna f- judge. Like I, get beat I, I know by Reggie. Dudes that I know have it, not yeah. even been doing comedy a year in comedy contests. Yeah. So I've been doing it for like seven. So if I would look at it from the outside, I would just probably quit. Right? If you're yeah. like this dude started like a year ago, yeah. and he did better than I did. Well, even or something. Right? Night. Yeah. Oh, like finish higher or something. I get yeah, it. Yeah, technically, and maybe he had a better set than I did that yeah. night. That's true. <laughs> That's also a possibility. But you even look at it like. 
And again, like, who cares? Whatever comedy contest. But let me tell you how that works. They hit you up. It's somebody like Helium will hit you up. Like, hey, do you want to be a judge for this? You go. They hook you up with some drinks and some yeah. food. You're not paid for it. Like, Mm-mm. they give you a gift bag. Super nice. It's fun. I get it. I like being around comics. But at the same time, like, I see other people. Like, I remember the first time I did the Helium one. I'm not knocking Helium either. You don't have a budget to pay a bunch mm-hmm. of, like, yeah. Cardinals players to come be judges or whatever. You know, you have like a a real a guy who's a regular at the club as a as a thing. You have other radio personalities who may not even pay attention to comics. So, if you're a comic and you're listening, just live in the now for those things. Oh, like, cares? just treat it like another. It doesn't set. matter. Yeah. And if you you know, like I said before, if you get upset and want to quit because of a contest, do it. I've been just extremely emasculated in all the, in several <laughs> comedy contests where. <laughs> The last one, that one at Helium, uh-huh. that specific one that you're talking about. I don't know if it was this year. Well, if it's not that, well, I judged both. Years. It was this year, and I literally I got beat by a guy that went three minutes over his time, and his last three minutes was literally singing "Happy Birthday" to a lady in the crowd, and they could not have loved it more. I wonder so if that was the time I wasn't there. Uh, was Ken Bone judging? Ken Bone was not there. Okay. I sent Ken Bone and an MMA fighter, Zach Freeman, fights for Bellator. Nice. They like. The helium people are like, hey, do you know any judges? Like, and this is another like, get to know your scene. Maybe yeah, like you have that. But like, Ken Bone is into comedy, and honestly, I know him a little bit from coming on a radio show. Nice guy. Yeah, he was laughing, but like, yeah. yeah, and he gets it a bit. But like, I wasn't there for that. Who I don't remember who won. I think that. Nathan Orton won that one too. Well, he won the. I wasn't there that, that night. night I guess. A couple so, other guys. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the so, kid that sang "Happy Birthday," which is not what comedy's about. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but he brought some people. He and brought they enjoyed like it. three fourths of the crowd, and they literally like carried him on their shoulders out of that place. Good for That's him. just how they go. I don't yeah. really care. I yeah. mean, like I do um because in the end, maybe I want to win like fifteen hundred bucks or whatever. Like if I win, cool. If not, I'll do it next year. It really doesn't. It's just like a way to get stage time, and it's a way to mm-hmm. hang out with people for sure. It so, doesn't matter. So okay. So how long have you been back in St. Louis? Like last September is when we moved back. No, that's yeah. not that long. No. That's that's About crazy. A year or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit over a year. So since then. Uh, flyover was a big success. Yeah, we part of that. that. That was really yeah. cool. I did a lot of like the front end stuff because I like I did like marketing plans and stuff like that because I started law school shortly after that. Yeah, did it feel familiar getting into something? Like, and I think like too with that. And I've talked to Zach. Mm-hmm. I've had him on, but I think you got to just whether you want to make it bigger or better. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the plan would be. You know, full steam ahead on something like that. He's really right? great, and it's unbelievable that the turnout. I've been a part of other comedy festivals in other cities, so that's kind of like what they brought me on, just mm-hmm. to kind of like help out with their like when they got those questions. They're like, "How would we do this?" And I was like, "This is what we've done in the other comedy festivals I've been a part of. Right, seems to work." Um, yeah. but the turnout was the best part. Was unbelievable. Oh, it was fantastic. Pretty much every show besides one was sold out. I mean, I I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. It was it was again, and we'll, so cool. we'll talk about it ten more times. Yeah. but it's. It's really cool, and I hope it grows. But that's what I've always tried to tell people. Is like I feel like like when I was on the road and stuff, um, even like people from St. Louis would like talk smack on St. Louis. I was like, I've nothing. I have nothing but love for the city and this town. And the fact that when people go on the road and try to give it a bad rap, always kind of piss me off. You're trying to look cool, and you're yeah. just really shortchanging yourself. It. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like, well, aren't you from? Plus, Saturday? that city raised you, so yeah. have some respect. <laughs> Damn it! God. Right, and clean your room. And I just think it's a cool reflection of the city that says that like we do want this thing and we will support it if you put this thing together. I think it's just really – it makes St. Louis look really good. Oh, absolutely. So are you wanting to be – so I guess – 
festival wise, anything mm-hmm. else? Are you going to jump into anything else in the near future, or does law school take up most law of the time? Law school's taking over a lot of the stuff. I'm working on like a cooking show with some other comics that I'm just. Oh, that's uh, awesome! I do video stuff, so I'm filming it and editing it, and then that's I a lot do, of work. It's, it's, the editing is the worst part. Yeah. So I've like, like almost done with the first one. The second one's going to be like a month. You know? Yeah. I can do it whenever I have time. I'm but trying. To, I think part. I've seen people post. That'll be a good thing. That's a good concept. It's easy. Yeah. It's fun. People can watch it. How long are they going to be? They're going to be like four or five minutes. Perfect. Which is too long. Yeah. But knocking it out. I don't Very want to cool. spend an extra six hours to edit it down to three minutes. <laughs> right. Some, I got some Have video wife. stuff I'm working on too. Yeah. You know, for for like actually my stuff that I want to produce and short films and stuff like that. Well, the, like you said, the good thing is you can do whatever you want now. Mm-hmm. Like you could come up with a complete pilot that could end up being on a I write station. pilots and stuff, you know. Yeah. Like I've got a couple written, you know, that probably will never get made. But maybe that maybe the 12th one will get made. For sure. You always got to keep creating, man. Yeah, that's what my thing is even if i don't have time to make it so that's what law school is so now i, I write a bunch instead of like going out and doing as many shows so right 30 minutes a day when it used to be like an hour a day writing now it's like 30 minutes it's still pretty damn good yeah. considering how busy you are with the family everything yeah. else so gotta be a dad yeah <laughs> right what do you do you want uh do you want your son to get into creative endeavors do you want oh, him yeah. to do some stand-up do you want yeah. to i think it's good just flash him out as a person right? i feel like when i was little i put everything into sports and i was really into sports and it wasn't until later that i got into the creative stuff and Same. realized the sports didn't matter and like i <laughs> they, just wish well, yeah I, I, I i'm behind that i think i learned a lot from mm-hmm. sports but i was at tops gonna be my little brother's super tall but mm-hmm. like at tops i'm six three i'm a very i'm a tall yeah. person I don't cut it in the highest level of, the, of basketball, right? Yeah, like, I was good what sports at all the stuff I did. I yeah. raced bikes, and I was really good at racing bikes, yeah. and it was weird because nobody else did that. No, that, so you were like the cool kid at school. No, everybody was like, who's this dork that wears spandex? You know? <laughs> so nobody else got that, yeah. but I loved that. And you probably spent a ton of time in that. You had, to ra- you had to ride like 14 hours a week to even be competitive. Wow. So I did a lot, and I really enjoyed that. I still enjoy it. I still ride my bike all the time and run and do all that. But it's just it's now it's more like meditative than it is like competitive, right? But you, that is a good point too because you look at it where it's like, yeah, you're doing these things that where where would like what would the ceiling be for mm-hmm. that? Would you have been a professional? I mean, biker? I probably could have been. Yeah, I could probably could have like gone over to Europe and done some stuff like that. I won a bunch of state championships. And really? Race, so like, like, like Lance Armstrong t- style, mm-hmm. like road thing. biking. My favorite thing is that uh, like about the whole scandal and mm-hmm. everything with like everyone. Everyone was cheating. If you think everybody wasn't treating you, you just don't know the sport good enough. It was, it's, I've listened to some podcast interviews with mm-hmm. him, and whatever you think about him as a person, I think he's just ultra competitive, and he yeah, found a way a to cheat better than yeah. others. Oh, I yeah. guess you could say. Well, I, yeah, I think he was naturally a little bit better than everybody else. Like he was beating world class triathletes at the age of sixteen, so wow. he was like maybe his heart was a little bit better, like mm-hmm. Phelps. You know, like he was just a little bit better. So if everybody's doing drugs the same drugs and all that he's still going to be a little bit better but yeah. if he wasn't on drugs there's no way he would have been able to compete no and like i i've heard these things where uh the guys when they would be out um do they sleep in buses at, yeah they, sl- uh, they don't sleep in the bus they sleep in hotels but they ride in those buses all the time okay so i've heard where they have to get up in the middle of the night to go when they're taking the blood uh whatever they do uh they would have to get up and go like ride the bike in the middle of the night to thin their blood so they wouldn't, thin die. Their blood so they wouldn't die because yeah. of the stuff they're taking it was like basically the, like um it would thicken your blood so that it would yeah. thin out less or right. it would take longer to thin out so that you could ride longer basically keep more white blood cells in or red or it's whatever. a wild thing but they did that they did the drugs for years that was called epo and yep. then they eventually switched to 
since they were traced in all these drugs, they would switch to, they would just take your blood out in the beginning of the season and then put it back into you later. Uh-huh. So Tyler Hamilton, he was a big racer. They just like switched two bags up and gave him his teammates blood. And then they both got caught. Oh, so wow. that's what it went to later. It was like, it blood was doping. your same blood. Yeah. Blood doping. Well, they, they would re- like heat it up, right? It, it, yeah, the, it's, it's all about the blood cold. cell count. Yeah. yeah. So basically like when you're like a week into a race, your blood cell count is super low because you've been riding four hours a day. <laughs> At a super high level. Right. So then, like, you're just going to be tired because that's how people work. Yeah. But then they would put your blood from early in the season that's still super chalked up with all these red blood cells. And then you would just feel a lot better. You'd recover quicker. Yeah. You'd be faster. What's the longest you ever rode in a race? Well, you ever do, do like five hours? Like five hours? Five hours, yeah. Was it uh, Ragbri? You ever do that in Iowa? No, that's like kind of like a. That's, that's not like a, a leisure thing. That's kind of like right? go hang out with your dad and ride yeah. for like a day. <laughs> Drink and a bunch of crap beer on a bike. And you're like, Mom, you guys are drunk. <laughs> but he just parties and. I just said it's a that. Giant key party. Yeah. Uh, is it really? <laughs> in the eighties, I heard it used to be like a I, big key party. I have no doubt. There's some uh, bicyclist swapping. My boss going on. at the bike shop said he did it in the eighties, and it was madhouse. That's hilarious. I like and, I like picturing a bicyclist party scene. Yeah, that's a they party. I mean, like I've I worked in bike shops for years before I got into restaurants, and they definitely are partiers. <laughs> they get crazy. It's cool. It was. It's it a cool is. scene to get into. I think now it's kind of like looked at a little bit more as like rich white dudes getting into it when I. I got into it i just wanted to race bikes and i had to work at a bike shop to be able to afford the bikes yeah so the bike shop people are really cool and they're not rich but like a lot of the clientele makes us look like dinguses yeah i live uh near the park in south city and Mm -hmm. it's a it's a gangway for people to come through there they get pretty aggressive on that with cars the bike hate us you know what i mean yeah. I mean, and like i kind of hate bikes sometimes when i'm in a car and i ride bikes all the time so answer, i get it answer this for me yeah the stop sign debate i don't stop at stop signs i get that what if care. a car is there you're you're blowing in front of the oh, car cars there i'll stop mm-hmm. yeah i don't want to get hit by the car man i've seen like my girlfriend even like almost like getting into a, like an <laughs> altercation with a dude like she's obeying the thing yeah. she's getting ready to go and the guy just blows right by the front and like flips her off on the way through. That's what I like. Some buys, some are aggressive. Well, that's and I mean, that's, it's like, dude, I don't know. I feel like they they give us a bad rap. That's for sure. But cars just hate bikes, and if you do blow through a stop sign and flick somebody off, you're a jerk. There it is. Yeah. You're a jerk. Why, why would you? I mean, just try to like instigate. I don't. I don't have it in me. To look for, I don't know, maybe I've been hitting the head too much yeah. and I'm afraid of consequences. Well, I mean, then you got like the Sunset Hills mayor that like hit a dude and like right. was like about to fight this guy. And it's yeah. like, that's the opposite side is like uh, the reason that people probably say that they blow through and all this is because the fact that Scared. drivers are so aggressive yeah. towards cyclists. In I can see that. There's morons everywhere. St. Louis. Yeah, and plus drivers in St. Louis are just for mad people. I think They're so. Insane. There's a uh, Bobby Jaycox has a good mm-hmm. bit, and everyone relates to the the living shit out of that bit about uh, driving in. I'm St. sure Louis. if you looked it's at good. like levels of like violence between motorists, I'm sure it's quite a bit higher say than we a lot high. of other cities. Yeah. Yeah. But people are pissed when they're in the car, and I get it. So I just try not to instigate. And if people want to, like, I've been spit on and stuff like that. If people want to start something, I'm wearing spandex. You think you're going to hurt my feelings? Like, (laughs) I've made this choice. I'm taller than I look, too, buddy. I'll I'll, your day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can throw something at him. It's always Uh, like an old dude in a truck. Yeah, and it's always somebody, like, even in road rage incidents, I'm not a road rager. I pay attention. I'm actually... Uh, I use my offense as a good defense yeah. when driving. I'll, I'll, people will be like, yeah, you kind of drive faster. You're like, I'm like, I'm watching five steps ahead, paying attention to that. But yeah. when you get into those weird road rage incident, incidents, it's always some short-dicked f- bastard. Oh, yeah. Just look, and I'm like, 
I would literally kill you. Yeah. Like, it, like or whatever. Like, or you have a pistol and you've been itching like to squeeze that trigger. In the back of mine. So if somebody like really wants to fight, it's like we can do that. But I'm most of the time I'm going to get around you. Yeah. Like, if you stop and try to get out, I'm just going to ride just, around let's, you. Let's not do this. I got a kid at home. Yeah. Right. Unless you really want to fight, but it's so dumb. It's like, it is. People are just such hotheads. I get it. Yeah. So we've got law, comedy, biking. Mayor family everything <laughs> we're hitting all the hot topics all the hot topics Dude, no I, I find you to be and and once again it's so easy to do to lean off of conversations we've already had but mm-hmm. normal uh comedy dude i i run into this and for the most part 99 percent of people are awesome even if they mm-hmm. are weird they're nice uh how do you like dealing with people you can you could you could talk to a grandpa or mm-hmm. you could talk to a server somewhere you're easy to speak to you have good social abilities the comics that are like on another planet, can we talk about that for a second? Like, I, I how do you like dealing it's with It's weird. That? Like, yeah. Some comics, like, you, they can go on stage and you'd be like, oh my God, this guy's so funny. And then you try to have a conversation with him off stage and you can't even talk to him at all. Which is like, is that a choice or is that just like, is it just comedy draws so many different kinds weirdos. of people? Yeah. Where it's like you have to get in a certain. I guess headspace to get up and prove yourself. I've waited tables for years, so that, and I've worked in bike shops before that. And my right. parents always made me super social. I think I'm a product of like the stuff that I've gone through, and I don't think a lot of comics have like gone through stuff like that. Yeah, that's it's a good just point. Been that social, or have been forced to be that social, maybe. But yeah. I also think like a lot of these comics, like it takes a weird person to get into comedy a lot of time to like go up there and to think that you have what it takes to stand up in front of a group of people and make them laugh. It is going to attract some weirdos. So for sure, yeah. It's hard to watch people that, like, you swear are never going to get it to. But that's mm-hmm. that's part of the game because a lot of people turn it around, too. And yeah, I think for a while I was like, is it me? Am I not enter, introing this conversation correctly? Am I not doing that? And I think as I started doing comedy a little bit more, I was like, that's just them. So, you know, try to have a conversation with them and then know, and then move on and go talk to somebody else because there is a lot of comics that are normal. So for sure. I don't, like, stay away from, like, I say hi to everybody and do that. Oh, but I'm course. not going to, like hang out a bunch of time and <laughs> try and force fix a conversation them. yeah that's yeah. never gonna happen I, that gets really old too especially when you have like real responsibilities and stuff yeah, to worry saying, about like, like, time why am I... I barely have time to do the stuff i want to do i'm not gonna yeah. have a conversation i really don't want to have like i do that at work all the time yeah and thanks for coming by here to have a yeah. conversation you didn't want to have too I had to, <laughs> conversations man. about conversations about yeah. conversations you don't want that's to have. how it goes man so okay so where can everybody find you um you can find uh, words with wayman on itunes um you can find that zine at on the St. Louis Independent Comedy. Check that out for the sure. The e that's kind of a cool new thing. I got a couple of videos up on YouTube or um, I'm going to be trying to get out a little bit more and just still doing stand-up, but you know, Hit us up anytime, stuff, man. Dude. I like working with you. Yeah, Let's I love keep working it up, with you buddy. too. Yeah, good talk, man. Good talk. All right, man. See you later. Bye.